Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio has a 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, welcome into another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It is Anthony Pagnata back with you guys. And of course, this is our first show since doing the 2021 uh, class uh, top targets for me, as well as my co-host Zach Hubbard. But now uh, the Tar Heels landed one of those guys that we talked about for a long time on that show. Power Eccles is now officially a Tar Heel. And so uh, we are bringing in Langston Wirtz Jr. to talk about uh, just how special of a prospect Power Eccles is. And Langston, uh, first of all, uh, love what you do of course over at the Charlotte Observer hope everything is well um, and you know when, when you talk about Power Eccles uh, this is one that uh, I think you guys have been excited about for a while and Carolina fans should definitely be excited about landing correct? Yeah Power Eccles is a generational talent um, it, I mean let me put it to you this way the number 12 overall prospect in the country is a kid named Trent Simpson that plays linebacker in Mallet Creek Trent Simpson was not state player of the year in North Carolina, it was a junior, Power Eccles. And the same is true of last year when Trent had a dynamic junior season. Power was player of the year as a sophomore. To have a state player of the year back-to-back years as a sophomore and junior, I don't think it's ever been done before, and he has a chance definitely next year to three-peat. He's just a phenomenal talent. I'm not sure he's a linebacker in college, but he's just a phenomenal talent. He's kind of like the uh, the kid at Clemson this year that's coming out and going pro. I mean, Isaiah Simmons, he's just... Uh, he, he's so fast to the, to the ball. He makes such great decisions. Uh, he's so cerebral. Uh, he's like an assassin on the field and a choir boy off. Well, I know that you were in attendance. You know, we were both there for that state championship game, and he really put on a show in that one. Uh, you, you talked about, you know, just all of those attributes that he has. You know, is, is this something that, you know, has developed over time, or was this something that he had as, as, as a freshman? Because I remember watching him at West Mech, uh the first uh, year that he was able to play as a freshman, and I thought he looked fantastic. But how have you seen him grow over the last couple of years as a player, and what do you think is that next step for him maybe as a senior? Well, I think, you know, he's he 
kind of came out of the shoot at a very high level. And I remember last year, his, his then football coach, Aaron Brand, told me this is the best football player in North Carolina. And I have a lot of coaches tell me that. So you kind of take it with a grain of salt, you know, and I go over to see him in practice. I'm like, whoa, you know, this kid has got that next level explosion. I mean, you know it when you see it, you know. There's a difference between a really good high school football player and a guy who has next level ability. And you can see it just looking at power really quickly. I mean, he just has that next level explosion you just don't see all the time. I mean, he just um, he, he just flies around the football, and he's always in the right place. He's always around the ball. I remember in the 2018 state championship game that they lost to Wake Forest at Duke. He was the best player on the field that day, and I said, "Wow, this kid's just a sophomore." <laughs> and uh, you know, he's got two years left. I know a lot of the reporters up there were saying, "What's losing going to?" As if he was a senior. So he's always had phenomenal ability. And I guess to answer your question, you know, you you knew he was going to be good right away. The question is how good. And, you know, we've, we've seen, you know, up to now through his junior year, he's been super good. We put him on the all-decade team. He's the only current active player on the team. In a year when you got a Drake May at Mars Park and you got a Will Shipley at Weddington, two national guys, you know, he may be the best overall football player in the area, and that just says a lot. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think he's a guy that right now is ranked as a four-star, but I could definitely see him moving up into that five-star ranking as he goes. Yeah, he's, a, he's, right. a, he's a five-star talent with that player. Oh, yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, you know, I, when I looked at him with his commitment, I thought one thing, you know, Chasserac comes back for a senior season, um, but, of course, he'll be gone after the 2021 year. I, I know there's going to be other guys that are going to be there in the competition, but it seems like Power Eccles can slide into his spot and kind of take over, right? Is that maybe I, – I know that you've said you've kind of seen him in, in a little Isaiah Simmons role, but is that kind of a good spot that you could see him fitting in a, in a spot that Surratt's going to yeah, leave I mean, a pretty big hole at? He's, he's just a junior, so you know you think he'll gain a little weight maybe. He's mm-hmm. 210-ish, 215. You like to see him get around 230 and maintain the speed and quickness. Uh, he could play a – he'd be one heck of a safety right this minute, I'll tell you that. But uh, I think that, you know, he does have natural linebacker skills and natural linebacker ability. And I think just kind of with the progression, I mean – Trent Simpson, who I mentioned earlier, he made a big jump in size between his junior and senior year. So you can see some of the same things from Powell. And if he does that, yes, absolutely, he can slide into that linebacker spot at Carolina. But the thing you got to watch out for is he goes up and gets that fifth star. You're going to have some of the big-time suitors who were, who were recruiting him before really start recruiting him now, trying to get him to flip. So Carolina's got to keep stay on their P's and Q's. Well, I know that uh, one of the guys that committed just before him uh, about, uh, about what, I think uh, two or three days before him, Caleb Hood uh, coming out of Richmond High School. I know it's a little bit out of the area, but of course, uh, I, I believe oh, that's, we're... That's, that's right in the area. Right. Well, oh, okay. So you got, you, you, of course, I'm assuming you were out there at that unbelievable game that they played against Myers Park in the yep. state quarterfinals. I was there as well. Um, and I mean, Caleb Hood is a really special athlete. The question is, and when I watched him, I hearkened back to, you know, we just talked about Chad Surratt. He reminds me of Surratt a little bit when he was in high school, the way that he plays the quarterback position. I think there's some things there. He might get a chance at quarterback, but ultimately, you know, from, from covering him a little bit, where do you think he's going to fit in when he gets to Carolina? I think he's a defensive back. I mean, that's what he's being recruited as by a lot of people. But then he has to, this. This was before he had that dynamite junior year. I don't see him as a quarterback in college. Um, I, I can see him if he plays offense as a slot back, even a receiver, uh, that type of thing, a Christian McCaffrey type 
Um, but I don't know if I see him as a quarterback. Um, but he, he has blazing speed. He's got really good size. Um, so he can play a lot of different places. I think you just, you know, you, you put that ATH on him and you just you figure out where he fits best. And so uh, then Dontavious Nash, he's been the guy that's been committed for a while. Uh, of course, yeah. he's lifted, listed as a safety at Hunter Huss, but he can play wide receiver. He actually had to play quarterback early in the year for them when Zoe Wallace got injured. So uh, another one of those guys, he had the athlete tag on him for a little while, but do you ultimately think that he's going to be a defensive back at Carolina? I do. Yeah, I do. And, you know, he continue, he's another guy you guys got to fight for in terms of keeping committed. He's getting a lot of offers, and this, his recruitment is really starting to blow up. I mean, he, he's got prototypical DB size and speed, and he's got great uh, anticipation. I mean, he's just got the whole package as a defensive back, and I can't imagine he'd want to play any other spot. Yeah, so, I mean, this this area, though, it's not just those guys. Those are the guys that are committed. There are a lot of other guys around here. And the first one that I wanted to ask you about of the un – or actually not an uncommitted guy, but a guy that's not committed to Carolina is Drake May. Uh, I, I know that, look, he's committed to Alabama right now. We've talked about it on the podcast multiple times. It's going to be really tough to flip him from Alabama. I'm not going to really ask you about the recruiting side of things, but if Carolina was to flip his commitment, w- what type of player would they be getting? And, and kind of how does he compare to a guy in Sam Howell who I thought was a little underrated by recruiting services, and, and I think it's kind of showing here so far. What, what do you think about the comparison between those two uh, and a little bit about uh, if Carolina is able to flip them, what they're getting. Okay, well, I know you didn't ask me about the recruiting piece, but, you know, when, when Bryce Young went to Alabama, uh, that definitely raised a lot of eyebrows. I mean, he, he flipped and went to Alabama, and he's now moved up to be the number one recruit in the 2020 class. Uh, you know, you would think he's going to be the starter at Alabama at some point next year, maybe not at the very beginning. So if he were to go there, Drake would be sitting behind him as a freshman when he was a sophomore, so that's at least two years on the bench. So a lot of people think that Drake will, will look around. I know he took a visit to South Carolina here recently, but also just uh, on Tuesday, Saban came to one of Mars Parks football games, sat right behind Drake on the bench to let him know he was there. So kind of reinforcing the fact, you know, hey, we want you. Um, but a lot of people, you know, give Carolina a really good chance because, you know, his brother played basketball there, his dad played football there. Yeah. Um, what type of pl- what type of player would you be getting if you flipped him? Uh, Sam Griner, who's a state championship football coach at Harding High School, Coach Kravars Crouch, who's now at Tennessee, uh, he believes that Drake May could be the best quarterback to ever come out of Charlotte, and that includes Chris Leak, who won a national championship at at uh, Florida, and, and all the other great players we've had, Will Greer, you know, all the other great quarterbacks we've had. Uh, he he thinks that that Drake May is is the goods, uh, to use the term kids use. I mean, he's a big, big 6'5 kid with a cannon. He's incredibly accurate. He completed 70% of his passes last year. He threw 50 touchdowns. He threw two interceptions. And he did not throw the ball as much as some of the other passing quarterbacks did because my part was winning such blowouts. Um, you know, he's got a great pedigree. You know, his, his dad was, you know, arguably the best high school football player of his generation. Um, and you've got, uh, you know, incredible coaching. He's getting coached by NFL pro every day. I mean, so he's he's uh, he's got the whole package. And Carolina would just have, you know, they go for one great quarterback. You know, Drake could redshirt Sam Howell's junior year. Sam goes to the pros. Drake takes over. I mean, you go from one great quarterback to the other. It's kind of a Green Bay situation. We're going from Favre to Rodgers. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, kind of what everybody's looking at. Of course, Jacoby Criswell committed in the 2020 class, so uh, there are a lot of talented quarterbacks uh, that could be on campus for Carolina. Even if they don't land Drake May, they're probably going to pursue uh, another quarterback in the class. But let's move away from quarterback, move on to uh, there's two schools in the area that have two guys that the Tar Heels are kind of focused on. And I'll start at Huff High School. You got Evan Pryor and then uh, Mario Love Jr. I think Pryor is definitely the bigger name of the two and is the guy I'm a little bit more interested on because I think Carolina has a really good chance at him. It seems like Love is kind of between Carolina and NC State, but Pryor's a little more open. And this is a guy that with Will Shipley being the top guy in the area that everybody's really talking about, I just don't think there's as much focus on him as maybe there should be. Evan Pryor, this this would be a huge land for the Tar Heels if they could get his commitment, right? I think Evan Pryor is probably underrated. He was injured some last year. You know, he hasn't been the, you know, the 2,000-yard guy at Huff in the year he's been there. You know, his recruitment is really about potential, and he has a lot of it. I mean, he's got the the size. He's got the, the speed, the breakaway ability, the vision. I mean, he's got a lot of the things that Shipley has except the carries that Shipley gets. And so I think, you know, he is probably a player who people don't, get to know about because he just hasn't been publicized that way. But he is the real thing, and if he goes to Carolina, as you said, that'd be a huge gift for them. And the Tar Heels are starting to get a, a you know much higher level of player, and you're going to see the team kind of ascend as it did the first time Mac Brown was there. I think Carolina's definitely on the path to, to uh, being a really good team and challenging Clemson in a couple more years, you know, definitely, you know, meeting them in the championship game. I'm not saying they're going to beat them, but they're going to be able to give them a challenge. So the other school that I wanted to talk about was Sun Valley High School. Uh, they kind of had a down year after Sam Howell left, um, but really Gavin Blackwell is is a fantastic player and is still one that should be on the radar for a lot of people. Do you think that this year, uh, you know, I, he might be able to climb some of the recruiting rankings again because he did kind of fall back, I think, a little bit just because of the fact that uh, really a lot of people weren't paying attention to him as the year progressed uh, with a young quarterback there at Sun Valley, but he's still a really really good player and I think that people should definitely be talking about him yeah he's gonna have to do his work in the summer because it's gonna be tough and during the year they're gonna have a new head football coach the quarterback situation is the best he's gonna really have to have a good summer to climb the rankings but the kid can really play this is gonna be a case of you know does the coach believe in you know the, the college coach believes what I see in his potential versus what I'm seeing necessarily in his production because he's not going to have the super, super great production. But that said, you know, the guy did have um, over a thousand yards last year in, in that system. So, I, I, you know, he, he's definitely got the, the ability to be a, a, an impact player on the college level. So just uh, a couple more before we get you out of here. Bryson Nesbitt is a really intriguing prospect at South Mech, and that's another one that you want to talk about a school that really has just struggled over the last couple of years. That's been South Mech, uh, especially since Rocky White left. Now, you know, they've got a guy that not only is just a locally – uh, sought-after prospect. I mean, he's got offers from LSU, um, I, I mean, big-time schools. What type of player is he, and, and you know, why, you know, is he going to have be able to have a ton of success sticking at South Mech? Well, last year was the first year he really played football. He hadn't played a whole lot of football um, prior to that. His, his dad was a former Panther, and they really just didn't want him playing, so... 
he came out and uh, he had a really good year and he got his first off from LSU towards the end of the year and the offense just kept pouring in. He's got prototypical size, great kid, great personality, but he's just so big and rangy. You can just see what you know what he's going to be. And uh, the offense for him is just going to continue to pile in. And, you know, he'd be certainly a great gift for anybody, particularly if uh, Mac Brown's staff could keep him in state. All right. The last one that I'll ask you about is a guy named DeAndre Boykins from Central Cabarrus High School uh, up in the Concord area. And this is a guy that his recruitment kind of changed because his brother, who was committed to South Carolina a couple years ago, signed with them. He entered the transfer portal, so it's kind of wide open for him. He's listed as an athlete, and, you know, he comes from Cabarrus County, which I think really has started to heat up. You see some of the really successful teams that have been uh, up in Cabarrus County the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, this is a guy that, you know, Toriel fans should be really focused on, right, and should definitely learn a little bit more about as we go throughout this recruiting process? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's another one of those guys that's probably a little bit underrated uh, because of where he plays, but he's definitely got a lot of talent and a lot of colleges have been going up there finding his, his high school campus. So, yeah, he's definitely a guy who's going to be – I think he's definitely going to be a back player in college. I mean, I'm very impressed every time I see him play. All right. Hey, Langston, we got so many great guys uh, around in the Charlotte area that you guys are going to be covering again uh, this year. So uh, where does everybody have to go to find all the information that you'll have on the the 2020 season of high school football in the Charlotte area? Well, it's all at charlotteobserver.com. Please like it in. All right. Hey, Langston, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, always loving you. Ha- love having you on the podcast. Uh, you know so much about this area. You've been covering it for years, and you do such a great job. All the kids love uh, whenever you come out there. And uh, I was glad that earlier this year uh, I was actually able to break the news that Trenton Simpson had committed to Clemson for you. I remember that little exchange we had uh, up in the uh, booth up there in Chapel Hill. So uh, it's always fun seeing you, man, and uh, it's always fun having you on the podcast as well. All right, thanks for having me. Take care. All right, Langston. All right, Langston Wirtz, Jr. of the Charlotte Observer. And, again, he does a great job, him and his whole team over there at the Charlotte Observer. They've been covering uh, the Charlotte area for years when it comes to high school sports. So uh, they do a great job, especially during high school football season. Love reading all their stuff uh, throughout the year. So make sure you go and check that out. Uh, Of course, uh, we have the article up online, uh, a little more in-depth look at Power Eccles' commitment to Carolina. You guys can go there, heeltuplog.com, and you can check that out. For all the recruiting, just uh, go under the recruiting tab under uh, all news, and you can find all that stuff there. Uh, That's where uh, you'll get all the latest information. Then, of course, we've got the podcast uh, that you guys can go back and listen to. Uh, Of course, we gave, uh, me and Zach did, we gave our top 10 uh, targets in the 2021 class. Read off a bunch of fan uh, responses as well, so go back and listen to that edition of the podcast. I think I'm going to have Zach on uh, here pretty soon. We'll be doing another podcast to discuss Power Eccles' commitment amongst ourselves and some other uh, recruiting storylines that are happening. Of course, uh, big junior week this past weekend, uh, and now they're doing another junior day this weekend. So they've got back-to-back junior days, uh, a lot of excitement uh, around the Tar Heel football program, some big-time guys, not only just from the Charlotte area, from the state of North Carolina, and even from outside the state, uh, the Tar Heels really picking up some buzz once again, just like we saw in the 2020 class. Now they're doing it in the 2021 class. 
We'll have you covered with everything on the HeelToughBlog.com. Also want to tell you, make sure you check out QCBroadcasting.com. The site has gone live. We're going to be adding all sorts of other podcasts to the website. Soon some live streaming will be coming, and just some of those guys that we just talked about, never know. We might be out covering them later on this year, so uh, that is uh, something that we're extremely excited about. Me and Josh have really been headmanning that project uh, for our boss uh, here at Paint Operations, uh, so we are really, really excited about that. Make sure you guys go and check that out again. QCBroadcasting.com. It's going to be your hub for everything Charlotte sports. So, uh, once again, want to thank Langston Wirtz Jr. for stopping by with us. Want to thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. And remember, as always, go Tar Heels! Heels!